Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of A Light Unto My Path. I'm your host Howard Sides. Uh, today we're going to uh, finish up chapter four. I uh, know the last episode we went right down to the very second uh, of time allotted so I couldn't quite finish so th this is just wrapping up chapter four. Uh, but in our last episode, we were talking about, uh, or looking at verses 6 through 8, the second half of verse 6, basically. So I want to go back and um, start with the first part of verse 6, and then tie it in with verses 9 through 11, the end of the chapter. Uh, they do go together, and that's kind of why I did it this way. All right, so Revelation chapter 4, uh, if you want to turn with me there, and we'll read uh, that first part of verse 6. And then verse 9 through 11. All right, Revelation chapter 4, verse 6. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass likened to crystal. And then verse 9. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Okay, so uh, this sea of glass is what we're going to uh, talk about and what happens here as John's describing this place. And it says, Before the throne there was a sea of glass, like unto crystal. So there's three things to note. There's in front of the throne, so between him and the throne, uh, there is the sea of glass. And the best thing he can uh, use to describe it is crystal. Um, so uh, the, the description that John offers here, uh, we're given examples of three other times in the Bible. Uh, two in the Old Testament, and one later on here in the book of Revelation. Uh, in the Old Testament, first of all, there's Exodus chapter 24, verses 9 through 10. Exodus chapter 24, verses 9 through 10. It says, Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. And they saw the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of a sapphire stone, and as it were, the body of heaven in his clearness. In his clearness. Uh, now, one thing to note is it says that they saw God. Now, we know uh, from before, earlier in the Bible, when Moses asked God if he could see him, God told him he couldn't look upon him. And I, th I think what it's talking about is God's, uh, in his cloudiness, uh, reveals a portion of him. It, uh, nobody can see God direct. I know, we know that for a fact, and that's just the way it's worded here. Uh, and they saw the God of Israel. He only revealed a certain small portion, no doubt. Otherwise, it would have killed him. Uh, we know, the Bible says that. <laughs> that's what God told Moses firsthand. But but what they did see of him, the best they could describe it was a and it says, in, uh, as it were, the body of heaven in his clearness. And it says, a paved work of a sapphire stone. So that's the only thing they could uh, use at that time. And their um, vocabulary of translation 
to describe what they had seen and describe it to us. Now, further on, uh, in the book of Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel has a shot at seeing something and trying to describe it like that. In chapter 1, in verse 22, he says, And the likeness of the firmament upon the heads of the living creature was as the color of a terrible crystal stretched forth over their heads above. And when it says terrible, uh, there's a larger uh, definition to the word terrible than what we use today. Today, when we think of the word terrible, we only think of stuff as bad. Uh, terrible used to be uh, used to describe things of wonder, um, wonderful amazement, uh, of demanding respect or, or uh, inspiring awe. Uh, that's the best definitions I can give you for it. Uh, so as Ezekiel's describing this, uh, he's describing this firmament around the heads of the living creature, and it said it was the color of a terrible crystal, uh, an amazing crystal. And again, there's that clarity that it's describing. It, it had structure, but it was clear, but it was beautiful. All right, and then Revelation 21, 21 says, And the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. Transparent glass. Okay, so we see in the descriptions, as it gets further on, first in Exodus, we see a paved work of a sapphire stone. And then in the book of Ezekiel, it's the color of a terrible crystal. And then in Revelation, it's transparent glass. And they're all describing uh, different things that they seen, but they're all associated with heaven. And that holiness, how, how do you describe the holiness of God? How do you describe that, that purity, the, the clarity of it? Uh, we'd be hard-pressed to try and describe it today. I know we think we have a large vocabulary. Our vocabulary has drastically decreased over uh, the many years. Um, if you really want to get a grasp of just how far our uh, vocabulary has dropped, go back and read a book that was actually written during the American Revolution or go back and read uh, some of Shakespeare's poetry. <laughs> uh, that'll kind of give you an idea of just how far. I mean, the, the words, we, we don't use some of the words, even the uh, description. Uh, some of the poets and and... Uh, writers such as Mark Twain back in the day, I've got a book. It's 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 the complete works of of, of Mark Twain's writings. The description he uses uh, in, in in stories like Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn and stuff like that. Uh, we don't use words like that more. We've just put them to the side. And and I think a lot of it is uh, we're so wrapped up in being in a hurry. Uh, we don't colorfully describe uh, nouns and proverbs like we would if we had plenty of time. Okay? Um, and so here, in describing um, this sea of glass, uh, John does his best to describe for us what he's seeing. And, <clears throat> uh, you know, I'm sure he feels like, well, I don't really think I did it very well, but it's what he knows. That's what, it's what he can tell us. So here we see, uh, before the throne, there was a sea of glass like unto a crystal, and in the midst of the throne, and round about the throne, 
Uh, it's talking about these beasts full of eyes before and behind. But in describing this throne and all that's around, that surrounds it or is connected with it, um, has a place on a plane which looks like a wide sea. Uh, it is solid, although transparent, uh, with indescribable beauty and majesty. Uh, John does his best to describe it for us, and and a, a, either a lack of description or a lack of understanding. Um, we don't really see a sea of glass. We think, okay, wow, but but like a crystal glass, likened to crystal. Um, it, it, you just can't describe it. I mean, how do you describe heaven? Uh, especially if you've never seen it. Uh, yeah, streets of gold, you know, and the gates of pearl. Uh, but what does that mean? Um, I, I've seen gold. I've seen like yellow gold. I've seen white gold. Uh, I've seen some gold that was real cheap, and I've seen some gold that was real expensive. And, and I'm sure heaven's all about uh, the best of the best. But when you talk on a, a, on a scale of heaven... Uh, how can you describe that? It's very hard to describe something of immense beauty to someone that's never seen it. Um, things of nature. I live in North Carolina. Uh, we have beaches. Uh, we have plains. We have mountains. We have it all. And I love going to the mountains and stand outside in that cold, crisp winter air and just looking out across those uh, mountains, uh, especially for snow on it or during the snow. I, I, how do you explain that? You just have to be there. <laughs> it's something you just have to see. Hard to explain. All right, so uh, three things uh, that this sea of glass symbolizes. Three things uh, that it symbolizes. First of all, unique preciousness. Unique preciousness. Now, in the ancient world, uh, glass was usually dull and cloudy. So glass that was clear as crystal was extremely rare and considered as precious as gold. You just could not get a sand that could create glass that clear. Uh, even in the, um, uh, there's a place very close by uh, that's called Old Salem, and it's it's been preserved uh, to show us how uh, the people around the Revolutionary period lived. And, you know, they've got glass in their windows, but when you look through it, it's all wavy and it's not cloudy such as this is saying. It, it is kind of clear, but it's got waves in it. So when, when you look back and forth, the picture waves uh, on the other side of the window. So refining and melting sand down to make glass is just not something you put in a pot and leave it. That There's an art to it. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so Job 28, 17. When we read that verse, it kind of gives us a little bit of hint. Uh, Job 28, 17, it says, the, go the gold and the crystal cannot equal it, and the exchange of it shall not be for jewels of fine gold. Now, notice that gold and crystal or glass are mentioned together here as examples of precious things. Now, we think there's no match for gold, uh, but Job... Uh, I would think is a pretty wise man. Job uses gold and crystal together uh, to show examples of precious things. So that, that kind of gives you an idea there. So that's unique preciousness. Now, dazzling purity. Now, the blinding light reflected off this sea of glass would be too much to look at. 
like the purity of God. Um, you ever step outside and the sun's just so bright, you've been in a house, and you just have to squint. I mean, you can't even, not even so much look directly at the sun, but you can't even look up. And that's just mere sunlight. Imagine trying to look upon this sea of glass or the holiness of God. <clears throat> so that, that shows the dazzling purity of this vision that John saw. Uh, thirdly, immense distance. Now John gives the description that the throne of God was of a great distance away, separated by this sea of glass from him. If the throne was close by, why would he use the word sea of glass? Uh, sea is a large body of water. So although he could see the throne and could describe the things around it, uh, he could not get close to it. Uh, so it had to be of a, a pretty good distance away for him to describe that which, that, excuse me, that which separated him from it as being a sea of glass, okay? So uh, I know this is kind of a short one, but uh, this kind of wraps up chapter four for us. And we'll pick up with uh, chapter five in the next episode. So I hope you have a wonderful day. And thank you once again for listening. God bless you.